0: Matthew 18, verse 15 to 20, uh, can be found on page 995. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and show them their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they refuse to listen to them, Tell it to the church, and if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as if you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by the Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I'm gonna miss Dave Moller. I'm gonna miss that man. I don't know if anyone knows,
0: um, but the title
1: for Dave's job, I think, is Fresh Expressions. Man, is that right? Um, so, if you need any fresh expressions, Dave is your guy. Uh, don't worry about this phone. It is the Bible app. I promise. Um, I'm not like texting on it. Um, so, if you see that, like, don't be alarmed. Um, yeah, let's pray. Uh, Father God, I just want to thank you that you have brought each one of us here uh, as individuals and that before you created the universe that you knew that each of us would be here uh, sitting in this church and that's just an awesome, overwhelming truth. And Father, I just pray that um, I will just be open uh, to you planning to, or to change the plan tonight uh, if that's what you want to do uh, and that whatever happens it will be uh, your words through my mouth. And will you open our hearts, our minds, uh, to what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I've got to come clean. I don't have a smooth opening line. And I don't have like a cool like thing to start us off with. Everyone like hits the sermon off with a nice uh, cool start. And I don't have one. So I'm just going to start uh, with the question, who is Jesus talking to uh, in this passage? It may seem quite obvious, uh, but in the first few lines, Jesus says... If your brother or sister sins, and instantly brother or sister uh, conveys to us that this is the family of Christ, his disciples, both of the time and in the future. So this is not only a direct quote from Jesus, but he's saying it directly to us. So this is an extremely relevant passage. Uh, This is not an optional extra. So if we're thinking, you know, I've got this Christianity thing down, I'm pretty good at my, uh, my life. You know, I might uh, try and attack this piece of uh, Matthew 18, and I'll be pretty good at this. It's not that. Um, This is something that God wants all of us to look at. It is a direct command from Jesus to us. Now, instantly uh, from reading this passage, it strikes me. Jesus says, if your brother or sister sins. Now, why is it that Jesus is addressing the problem of sin and the struggle with sin in those who have already been saved? Because we've been saved, yeah? If, well, not everyone here has, necessarily, but we're all like and most of us here are Christians. If he's talking to brothers and sisters, that's people who have been saved, who have had their sins atoned for. So if God has forgiven us, then surely sin is no longer an issue. Jesus doesn't have to address it. But clearly sin still is an issue, even in believers. And the reason is because God does not want us to continue leading sinful lives. Jesus died for us, not so that we could sin and get away with it, but so that we could be with him in a relationship and to live like him, to know him. So actually, if you think about um, the struggle with sin, it can be really easy to think, oh yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle and I'm going to mess up, but it's okay because God forgives me. And that's 100% true. But is that the way God wants us to live, to be complacent in our sin? Or does he want us to strive To live like him, because that is after all why he died. And I think to understand God's stance uh, on our struggle with sin, I think it's a good idea to try and put ourselves in his place. And obviously, we cannot do that, we cannot be in God's place. But actually, to gain some level of understanding, I think it, it can help. So, imagine if you are God and all your children have sinned and messed up, they've gone astray. So you came to earth as a human being and died for every single one of them. You saved their lives. And in response to that, they went on sinning, unchanged, without any desire to change. Think of the hurt and the pain that that must cause God. And if we're going to love God in this relationship, we should want to be changed. We shouldn't want to go on sinning. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, now, obviously, we are still going to sin. Like we're still going to struggle with this. Uh, and this is made very clear in a very famous passage, passage in Romans 7. Uh, and the verse that perfectly sums this up for me is verse 15. And Paul writes, I do not understand what to do. For what I, for what I, I, do, for what I, I love to do, or for what I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, I do. He says, I do not understand what to do. For what I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, I do. So this struggle with sin is very, very real. And I myself, like, I sin all the time. Um, As I'm going to come clean and confess, as a teenage guy, lust is a massive thing in my life. Like, I'm going to be really honest with you. And all of the horrible, gross things that go along with that, I'm going to let you all fill in the gaps. But, like, that is a real struggle. I can see some laughs, but it's true. Um, And this struggle with sin is something that causes me a lot of pain in my life. And I'm going to be honest about that. But this struggle with sin is real. But what I notice, in, uh, in, if you read Romans 7, is that Paul is in serious anguish about his sin. He hates the fact that he sins. He calls it the thorn in his side. And the reason he hates the fact that he sins is because he desires to please God. Now when I say hate our sin, I don't mean to feel guilty or shamed about it. Because we must not forget that Jesus died for our sins, and with that he took on our shame and our guilt. But we shouldn't be complacent in our sins. Paul hated his sin, he had anguish about his sin, and in the same way, we should have that desire to change. And Jesus, being the loving guy that he is, left us instructions on how to change and deal with the struggle with sin. And in the first verse, verse 15 of the passage... He writes, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. He calls us to challenge each other. Now that can be something that is really frightening to do, to go out and say to a brother or sister, anyone else here, that they are sinning. That can be really frightening to do. I'll just quickly, I want to recommend, if you want to talk about uh, challenging other people, Go talk to Ben Prosser about it, because uh, he's got some crazy stories to tell about that. So if anyone has time at the end, please talk to Ben Prosser. I haven't talked to him about this, but he'll be up for chatting. (laughs) But what does a challenge look like in this situation? I'm going to take an example. Uh, It's not a real one, thankfully. Uh, But imagine Ollie Porter and Joseph Porter. So I'm going to use them because they're actually biological brothers as well as brothers in Christ. What, what this challenge does not look like is this. Imagine Ollie went to Joseph and said, Jay, mate, I can see this sin you're doing, and it's bad. It's not right. You've got to stop this. You've got to stop this now, mate. It's all wrong. Because that's judgment. That is not how Ollie should be approaching that. Or on the flip side, we're going to make Joseph go, go and uh, challenge Ollie, to be fair. Uh, if Joseph were to go, Ollie, mate, I can see you're struggling with this sin. You know, It's pretty rough. I understand it. You know, But uh, I've got this down, mate follow me, I know what I'm doing. Because because in that situation, Joe is challenging Ollie in order to boost his own ego. The way this challenge should always be done is from a place of love. Out of love for one another. Out of a desire to see each other, grow in faith, and be more like our Father in Heaven. To go to one another and say, look mate, I can see you're straying with with this, and you're struggling, but look, I just want to refocus you on God. And don't worry, because he loves you, and he's forgiven you. And actually that is where it comes from. Out of love, in order not to put people down or to make people perfect, but to refocus them on the cross and to refocus them on Jesus. But as well as challenging, on the flip side of that, we have to be open to being challenged by other people. Because we aren't perfect and we haven't got things all sorted out like Jesus did. And what does it look like to be vulnerable and to be open to challenges? And once again, I'm going to come to the passage that I wasn't given, which is Romans 7, verse 15. Uh, And Paul writes, I do not understand what to do. He writes that to the whole of the church in Rome. He says, I do not understand what to do about the struggle of sin in my life. And that level of vulnerability and humility and honesty is incredible to me. That he would write that to the whole of the Roman church. And actually, it's that level of vulnerability before both God and man that we are called to have as followers of Jesus. To have that level of vulnerability in order that we can be changed. Because it's admitting that we are broken and and weak that allows God to change us. Because we need God to change us. Because we cannot transform ourselves. We can only ever be transformed by God. And in addition to that, when we're vulnerable and broken... And we come before God in that place of just sheer, you're not know God, I cannot do this. I am so broken and so sick. By comparison, the awesomeness of God becomes so much more apparent. Because to come before God broken and think, despite all of my sin, all that I'm lacking, God, you have forgiven me and you have given me righteousness. And that gift of righteousness hits our hearts in a completely new way when we first recognise our own brokenness. So guys, let's not be complacent with this problem of sin. Let's be aware of our sin and want to be changed. Not out of guilt or shame, but out of a desire to please our Father in Heaven, whom we love with our whole lives. And so finally, out of challenging and being challenged comes growth and comes unity. Because if we challenge each other, keep keep each other refocused on God, and are open to that challenge being given to us, we actually become closer to him, and we become more like him in the way that we live and the way that we are. And finally, in being challenged and challenging other people, we get unity, because sin is no longer hidden. because when sin is hidden among us, it throws discord, mistrust, it breathes sickness, and it grows and it will corrupt any of the best, many of the biggest churches. Uh, are corrupted by sin not being put out into the open. So by challenging each other, we expose the sin and we stop it from going any further. And um, I'm going to bring the phone out now because a bit of Bible reading. Uh, And the final verse just completely brings together the need for unity in the church. Verse 20 of this passage. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. I reckon there are a good few hundred of us here. God is definitely here, guys. So let's just soak in that presence today. Amen. Uh, yeah, I'll close in prayer, if that's all right. Uh, yeah, Father, I thank you uh, for this opportunity to come here today. Um, and I just thank you that you are here and that you call us to be with you. Thank you that you challenge us. And thank you that you give us the authority to challenge each other. Help us to do that in a way that is loving and a way that edifies each other. Yeah, God, we want to just soak in your presence today. In Jesus' name. Amen.